Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right. So here we are on a, why do I do that? Like I have this like, Wah! anyway. Um, <laughs> just the announcer in you. Just Yeah, my announcer voice. I did to get into it. You know, when I was, uh, when I was younger, um, I thought I could easily be one of the announcers, you know, at Six Flags, you know. Welcome to Six Flags, where you will be entertained all day and we'll take all your money for stupid stuff. Anyway. Um, I was just thinking more like, let's get ready for scripture. Ooh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> let's get. Yeah, okay. Or, um, well, I don't know if you were there at that regeneration, um, that uh, young adult retreat uh, where the, the lady came down dancing with her Bible. Like, let's, you know, in the <laughs> sense that, like get excited about the fact that we have yeah. the Bible, get excited about scripture. Anyway, um, so here we are, Misfit Messengers podcast. This is, uh, man, this is episode 32. Wow. 32. That That's 32 weeks. That of is impressive. Consistent, deliberate, intentional. We must uh, really get along, like each other. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I guess I'm fond of you. Most no, I don't think I've ever not been fond of you. Well, maybe when I first met you. Maybe that's a different maybe. story. Yeah, I I have that uh, way with people. Like sometimes first impressions <laughs> are hard. Anyway, so for those of you who have been following and have listened uh, for the last couple of episodes, anyway, you'll know that we are in the book of Jude. If you have not listened to the last couple of episodes, it might behoove you, might be helpful uh, to listen to episodes thirty and thirty one here in the new year uh, where we have tackled uh, Jude. I'll tell you, it's it's a, a small book, right? It's just 25 verses, but I'll tell you what, it is deep and thought-provoking um, and gets you, gets you really definitely thinking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness um, or something like that. Anyway, so <laughs> we have, uh, we've gotten only to verse 12 but that's where we're going to begin today in june is verse 12 now i have specifically and purposefully grabbed a new living translation uh because i personally believe uh that it does a better translation of verse 12 than the niv and so All i don't right. know i don't know what translation you might have today but uh, i have both an nkjv and an niv okay with me excellent the niv so, is the one that's open though <laughs> fair um so i'm uh, we're gonna i i just want to do 12 and that's it for right now we'll we'll get to 13 in a little bit but 12 is a little long um it's got some stuff in it but i want to dig deep into this we're going to read it in both the new living translation and the niv uh just for reference so this is what the uh new living translation says when these people okay again uh, i i guess i gotta i gotta back up because we have talked about uh Jude has kind of talked about people that uh, show themselves to be Christian, but yet by their actions, um, maybe are not. And he goes into oh. a list of Old Testament stories and characters uh, that really talk about folks who have rebelled against God and God has placed judgment upon them. And so he's he's really trying to warn warn people against folks who might come into their con congregations of believers and uh, it, who are rebellious, who are not following uh, 
God, who are not um, true, maybe believers. And so they're taking people down with them. Yeah. Taking people down with them. And so that's what these people is those folks who, who are maybe false teachers or rebellious or not following uh, the gospel of Jesus. So that's what, that's what that is. Cause sometimes if you jump right into the middle of a passage and you don't have context, you get a little, you can, you can go down the wrong path. So let's, let's go down the right path. So verse 12, when these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they're like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They're like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They're like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They're like trees in autumn that are doubly dead for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. So what does the NIV say for verse 12? Uh, These people are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only themselves, they're clouds without rain, blow along by the blown along by the wind autumn trees they are fruit and without fruit and uprooted twice dead all right now i i distinctly remember looking at this passage in the greek uh, a couple years ago and this this verse i spent a lot of time on this verse because it's there's a lot of stuff going on there but if you notice at the very beginning um in Amanda's transla- translation, the NIV, it talked about blemishes at a love feast. And mine didn't mention blemishes at all. In fact, it said they're like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. And this is, I really want to spend a little bit of time on this because you will find a very different um, aspect um, when you go through the through different translations of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um so let's, I'm going to do that real quick on my uh, Blue Letter Bible, which uh, is such a good resource in so many ways. But we're going to take a look at different Bibles. So the King James, spots in your feasts of charity. NKJV, spots in your love feast. ESV. Okay, so this is this is a more modern translation. It does say hidden reefs at your love feasts. Uh, CSB, Dangerous Reefs. Okay, good. Uh, The NASB from 2020, Hidden Reefs. Excellent. So Hidden Reefs there. Net Bible, Dangerous Reefs. All right. So it looks like more of the more recent translations have used this this Hidden Reef. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I think that's just because modern research has kind of looked at this a little bit differently. And this is what happens when you have, this is a Greek word. It's spilas, and it's only used once in the entire New Testament. So whenever you have a word that is only used once in the entirety of, of the New Testament, it, uh-huh. it is very easy to, to have difficulty translating that, right? If you're thinking about one language to another language. But it actually stems back from Homer, Homeric Greek. Um, uh-huh. If you think of Homer's Odyssey, um, not it. I mean, it's it's gone through time too. You have Josephus, Polybus. They all use this, mm-hmm. um, actually, as as a metaphor, not just as a rock or a reef under the water that can shipwreck you, right? Because if you think about it, if you're in a in dangerous waters, in islands in the Mediterranean Sea, along I think specifically of the coast of Greece, there's lots of islands, lots of reefs, lots of rocks. 
Um, if you don't know what you're doing, uh-huh. if you aren't familiar with those waters, it would be easy to come aground with a boat uh, along any of those those islands um, and shipwreck yourself because you're just unaware of the dangers lurking be- behind, behind underneath the surface, right? Uh-huh. Um, but there's also this this kind of metaphorical usage of this word um, that it says again in the Blue Letter Bible as a resource. It says. It talks about men or women who, by their conduct, damage others morally, wreck them as it were. Uh-huh. And so it's not necessarily just a physical thing, like a hidden reef in, in a harbor, or a hidden reef in, a, in an area of land, but it actually can also be these, these hidden dangers of people who, unbeknownst to you or beknownst to you, uh, hinder your walk with the Lord and can morally uh, wreck or damage you. Right. I, I think some people, you know, in, in Christian lingo, call it a stumbling block too, right? They're just kind of yep. there to um, rip up your footing. Yeah. And some people do it knowingly, right? Some people are trying to be stumbling blocks, right? Uh-huh. Influence you um, in the wrong way on purpose. And then there are some people who do it unawares. They don't realize that they are a stumbling block. They don't realize that they're a, a hidden hidden stone mm-hmm. underneath the, the surface of the water. But that's where we as Christians, I believe, need to pray um, and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and discernment uh, to, to notice those who might try to lead us astray. Um, I always use the example, and this is going to seem really strange, and I don't know if I've used it in the podcast or not, but I use it at Bible study at the congregation all the time, but um, the onion and the cheese. This, this is okay. Um, going to sound really weird, but there are certain cheeses that if you place them in a drawer in your refrigerator next to an onion, that will start to smell and to taste like an onion. Okay. Because... Yep the cheese is susceptible to being influenced, tainted almost by other things. So not just onions, actually, if you garlic, a number of other things that they, they will absorb those attributes, right? If they're placed near them. On the other hand, an onion will always be an onion, right? The Mm -hmm. onion's not going to keep flavors of other things. The onion isn't going to absorb other things. And so I always use the example, be the onion, not the cheese. Uh So if you're, if, especially I think of those folks who, you know, you have, you became a Christian, let's say, and you have lots and lots of friends who aren't, and they live lives that are unchristian like, uh, if you run in those circles, who's doing the influencing, just take a, Uh take a stock of your life, which, which side is influencing the other? Are you being influenced to head back into a life of immorality? Uh-huh. Or are you helping to influence them into a life following Christ? Are you the onion or are you the cheese? Um, yeah, I even think taking your analogy further, I think you know the, the cheeses that uh, are influenced are ones that are soft and malleable. And uh, and onions have that layer of protection, right? 
that will keep them safe and secure. And that's, uh, I think, when we when we know we have protect, you know, put a layer of God's word for just taking even further, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. We are our our insides are solid and are are un, you know less likely to be tainted. Yeah. Um, because you know, same with an onion too. If you take off that layer and lay it out, it's going to dry up and true. You know, I don't know, taking those things further, but yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. sometimes we, uh, we over, um, have over, more confidence than we should in our ability not to be swayed. I said that too convoluted, but <laughs> yeah, we're overconfident think, that we, yeah. we will, you know, hold strong because how, how will we hold strong if we don't hold tight to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we won't we won't be very successful, right? Because if we could do this holiness walk on our own, we would, but we are unsuccessful because we can't, right? What I think of so so this also for me verse twelve of Jude also elicits just it's a picture, right? To me, it's a picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live in Manitowoc. It's it's right along Lake Michigan. And, you know, as I walked, even this morning with my dog, there are places where now, because the water levels are a little lower, I'm seeing rocks along the shore that I didn't see even two summers ago, right? Because the the water level of Lake Michigan was higher. And so, you know, had I gone out, not that I would have, but had I gone out in a small fishing boat and tried to come up to the, to the beach along, along the lake there, um, where there are several different parks and things I might have run ashore, run aground on one of these rocks because I didn't know it existed. Whereas someone who had lived here their whole life would have maybe known about them because the water moves, you know, the water levels move up and down through the seasons, through the years all the time. And then it reminds me. So I watched a national geographic um, TV show once that talked about Um, large harbors like New Orleans, for example, Uh where an ocean going vessel, these huge ships that go across oceans from, you know, from Japan to the States or, you know, go through the Panama Canal. It's just huge ships that when they get into harbors like New Orleans, they, Uh the captains of these vessels are not allowed to captain their own ships often in certain Uh harbors because of the dangers within the harbor that are unbeknownst to the captain of the ship. And so they're actually, they fly a, a harbor captain, a harbor pilot, as it were, onto the ship to negotiate that harbor and get it into dock. In mm. addition, they have a, another harbor specialist, if you will, in a helicopter above the ship to get a bird's eye view because they can see often in the water to see if, because sometimes it's not even a rock or a reef that tend to stay where they are, but you have sandbars that will move, right? You have sandbars that based on tides, based on water levels, based on, especially for New Orleans, the Mississippi river coming through those sandbars might shift and change uh, locations. And so you have, you have two, um entities that assist that ship uh to get into dock safely and so i think it's such a a a good picture right of our walk with with christ in in 
in learning discernment is that when we even when we think we're in safe harbor we still need to let jesus pilot the boat right right can you so, imagine how disaster to be if they're like oh harbor's a harbor and just right and these are huge ships. If they run aground, you're talking, I think of, I don't know if you remember a few years ago when the ship got stuck in the Suez Canal. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like sideways. It was sideways and it blocked yeah. it blocked ships from both directions for like days. <laughs> Took them yeah. forever, you know, and, and they have specific pilots, like boat captains who come specifically to navigate the Suez Canal. Why? Because it can be difficult. And that particular... It's Situation Someone's happened because cross, crosswinds were just nuts. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, you, big ocean going vessels that are super tall and the crosswind was going and it just, they overcompensated and it just got wonky and it got in there crosswise. That can happen to our lives if mm-hmm. we don't allow Christ to be the pilot. Yeah. Right. Um, And discernment is really hard if you're trusting your own knowledge and insights yeah yeah that is so true oh and i think i guess in my own walk i just like to think about it like i am never disappointed when i remember that god is smarter than me yeah <laughs> like it's his way is best right you know <laughs> yep i think there's a few song, song about that, that. yeah yeah um such good stuff and that's just one one phrase of this of this verse it's just and i guess we could go back and talk about this love feasts or the fellowship meals um these were gatherings of christians who would gather together for a meal and they called them love feasts it's it's this and i think second peter are the only times that mention this thing but think about any time you gather together as a family of believers uh for a meal to me, that's a love feast. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has to be anything special. I don't think it has to be anything um, ritualistic, right? I think it's just like we had we had one yesterday after church. Mm-hmm. A gathering. I have one every morning or before church. We yep. get together and we eat. And I think the camaraderie of folks getting together, family of believers, and just chatting and fellowshipping and talking about things and sharing stories about you know, something that just happened this week or something that happened 20 years ago, or in the, in our case, something that happened 50 years ago, uh, how important that is to your walk with Jesus, mm. not just as an individual, but as a community of faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like how in mine, you know, it says that they come to your love feasts without the slightest qualm. Um, you know, and I think it's talking about trying to people who abuse and take from you and then just try to be like, oh, but we're family. Like, right. oh, but, you know, like that, the audacity of it. Um, you know, and then they're just, they're just clouds without rain. Are they just blown along by the wind? They're trees without fruit. They're uprooted. They're twice dead. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think the all the thing about all of those things is that they have the they're trying to appear alive. Yeah. And purposeful, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Or the shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. I mean, a right. shepherd's point, the purpose of a shepherd is to care for the sheep and the goats. 
And if they're only feeding themselves, they don't care about the sheep and the goats withering away to nothing. Right. They're, they're self-centered. They're there for themselves. And I agree with you, like the clouds without rain, think about they're living in, if, if Jude was living in the, in the Jerusalem area or Israel, that's a desert wilderness. Mm-hmm. Rain was important when, when clouds came over that looked like they should give rain and did not. I'm sure it was a massive disappointment. Yeah. You know, and then trees twice dead, the trees in autumn. Think about, you know, we, we have the seasons here in the Midwest. Uh-huh. So you have in fall and autumn, the, tr- the leaves die and they fall off the tree, but even, but, and so they're not bearing fruit, but the doubly dead is that they're even uprooted so that next spring they won't, they won't, uh-huh. grow fruit, they won't bear fruit again. So they're dead not only because it's fall and it's winter time and they're not bearing any fruit, but they're they're not going to bear fruit in the future. Yeah, and I, and I think that brings us to a in Christ we have purpose. We're not just supposed to be blitting around. <laughs> right. Um, we are. We have purpose. The meeting of believers, people coming together, is supposed to bear fruit. Yeah. It's not just meaningless. Wait right pointless pointless yep yeah it has you have a purpose there's um i you know i like to say it at least in my congregation every voice matters in the kingdom of heaven there is nobody that's there that is just there for decoration yeah everybody you're either pouring in or you're taking so i guess you just got to figure out which one you are Right. And I'm not saying for people who have genuine need and they come to the, you know, and ask and stuff, but there are people who just come just to take and they're saying, don't, don't be that one. Yeah. Be the one who is, who is um, navigating, helping people navigate through those reefs, right? Helping people sitting down and actually caring about one another, feeding the sheep, you know, all of those kind of things. This isn't just a thing just for leadership. It's for everybody who is in the body of Christ because God has put us all on an equal playing field. Mm-hmm. And um, I like my verse 17 it says people like that are, are like are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame. Yeah. Wandering stars for who the blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Mm-hmm. And that part that the stars reminds me of um, stars that have died. Oh yeah. Right. So in the sky you can you can see if there's a dead star. And this well, I mean, like kind of sorry, you can't see if there's a dead star, but I mean if you are a scientist you can do that. <laughs> sorry. Yes. yes. There are dead stars that exist, right? And they can kind of point them out. Yep. And it's a thing that used to shine brightly, used to give pictures in the sky with constellations, but now it's a nothing. Yeah. Just taking up space, you know, wild waves and they're, and they're foaming up their shame, right? They're making a big bluster about making things harder for other people. And I think Jude is trying to put out that thing saying, these people are there. Don't be one. Yep. Well, and, (laughs) and notice that they're there and, and maybe have the conversation with them that, because that is the challenge that is the mm. one of the difficulties about 
a fellowship of believers, right? Mm. Is that one or two, if you will, bad apples can really derail a whole group of people if you let them. Yeah. We just talked about this in church. So we're going through first Samuel and I just talked about Eli's sons, Hophni and Phineas. Now, if you're not familiar, you can read it in first Samuel chapter two, but these guys were priests. They were the sons of the high priest and they were just total baddies. They were just everything you can think of the opposite of a holy righteous person who's keeping the temple going they are doing the exact opposite they're they're robbing people of their sacrifices they're sleeping with women at the at the temple um and and we talked i talked a little bit about this continue about women were not able to enter into a certain area of the temple and Mm -hmm. they would try to worship and these priests would be like oh i'll bring in and then sleep with them there you know like just just totally wicked and their dad the high priest knew about it Yep, he he yep. knew about it. He got told about it. And he kind of goes to them and says, like, he doesn't even tell them to stop. He says, at least if you were sinning against each other, I could petition to the Lord for you. Mm-hmm. But you're sinning against God. Who is there to petition you? That's his whole thing. And then he never brings it up again. And God sends a curse on his family because of it. But, But sometimes, you know, Eli, I think out of love, essentially, he's... He's allowing his sons to do this, but that it wasn't love. Yeah. It was yeah. fear or it actually, the scripture actually says he was old and tired. <laughs> and he just didn't put the energy into it. But I think about how many people went to worship because in that time you only had one place you could worship. Right. And, uh, and how many people were robbed because these guys were like these reefs, you know, and they were stirring up their sin and they just thought they could do whatever they wanted and no one did anything. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think sometimes in, in our own churches or lives and some t- he's saying these people are there yep. or they will be there. Be on guard, be on watch. Definitely don't be those people be. um, And a great thing about emotion, if, if, if you're an emotionally healthy Christian, it's a way to know that is to say, if someone calls me out and how do I respond? Right. And I'm not talking about like in public, I'm saying, Jenny, if I saw you posted something weird or said yeah. something to your friends and I was like, Whoa. And I go and say, that was a little off base, man. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you come to me and I get mad at you or be like, find your own business or something. Well, that's a, that's a huge reef in my rock in my reef right right <laughs> to say and uh that's a great way to um be able to root that kind of stuff out mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to root that kind of stuff out absolutely because if we don't then god will and then it's done and it says uh you know they're the blackest darkness is reserved for them mm-hmm. you know as we were, we were reading through uh 12 and 13 i was thinking back to okay what did what did Jude originally say about these people? Because he's got so many attributes of these folks. But if we go back sure. to verse four, it says for certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. Mm-hmm. They're ungodly people who pervert the grace of God into mm-hmm. a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Okay. Mm. So I just want to be clear. We're not, we're not talking about 
somebody who makes you mad in church. Okay. Right. We're yeah. Good about, <laughs> we're not talking about people who, you know, parked in your parking spot or sat in your pew or your chair at, mm-hmm. at Sunday service. We're not talking about someone you might have, you know, a strife with about, a, you know, owed money or we're talking about people who are perverting the gospel to their own ends okay Mm -hmm. so we need to have some discernment about where we also draw the line right Mm -hmm. and so and when it talks about the perversion of grace pervert the grace of god into a license for morality paul also talks about that he said what so we should sin more so grace abounds more and more Mm-hmm. unequivocally no we that's not how this works um we talked uh, i talked yesterday in my congregation about you know god can forgive us again and again and again but at what point does it become futile and because the because for, uh, forgiveness the the point of forgiveness in my estimation is to reconcile relationship mm-hmm. i mean there's other reasons you forgive as well but if the forgiveness never reconciles the relationship because the person that you're forgiving doesn't care that they did it in the first place, that uh. they wronged you, then yes, you can forgive them in your own heart for your own sake, but you also have to be discernment discerning. So Jesus talks about be as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. Why? Uh-huh. Well, because we have to live in a world that is fallen. We live in a world that not everyone follows the values of the kingdom. Not everyone follows the values of Jesus Christ. And so we have to be discerning in that and understanding in that. And also within the the confines of the Christian church, be discerning about those in our midst, those that we're mm-hmm. listening to for teachers, those that we're listening yeah. to as friends and family in God, that we are, again, wise as serpents and innocent as doves. We can't just mm-hmm. um, be willfully oblivious. We need to, yeah. we need to be discerning. <clears throat> wow. Such good stuff. We've only covered two verses. All right. Verse 14 says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them with the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness. And of all the defiant words, ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. (laughs) They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. We're going to pause there. So that was 14 through 16. Again, so Enoch, uh, this reference to Enoch and the quotation, actually, that's the one, and I I miss uh, misspoke last week, but that's the one that comes from the first book of Enoch, probably written in the first century BC. Um, and so that's where that is. But the point being that... Again, going back to God's judgment, it's God's judgment for people who are ungodly. Uh-huh. What you got there? Got anything? Well, I'm just thinking like, man, I've met these people. <laughs> okay. Uh, but um, but he's saying, I think what he's saying is God, God is the judge. Like he's not going to let this go on forever. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, to, to be on guard. But I, I also think, you know, there is still hope. And actually, we're going to get to that. Probably not today. Yeah. But this is, you know, um, I think it, it is just a charge to be really careful who you listen to. Um, yeah, just be really careful of the voices that you're allowing to listen to because unfortunately some people equate religion with power Yeah, and they know the things to say to keep power. Yeah. And we know as Christians, that the power belongs to the Holy Spirit. And if anyone is trying to take the power over for themselves and give credit to themselves, that's a, that's a pretty good sign that. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I, I, so I've been in a, so when I was a first new Christian, I found my own church. So I was, like I said, 19, almost 20. And I didn't really want to go to the church my dad went to because, you know, then like it just would be weird to yeah. me yeah you know because they all like knew me when i was all mouthy and stuff <laughs> and uh, i didn't want so i went to try to find my own church and i did i found this church in my neighborhood and it was really great and cool and way hipper than my dad's church and um but slowly um the pastor would start saying stuff um that was off kilter um, and I was a brand new baby and I kind of let it, it was like, oh, that, okay. That just seemed weird. But I, how do I know? Right. I'm not. Yeah. Um, they put me in leadership really early, which should have been a sign. Yeah. I think like four weeks in, I was leading a children's service. Oh yeah. Like that should have been a red, <laughs> a red flag, um, to me. But he finally said something that was just way up. It actually, well, he, in his prayer, he said, our father or mother in heaven is actually what he said oh. so i said oh let's unpack that a little bit so i went to him to the pastor afterwards and i was like i'm just i'm just really confused by what you said you know yeah um and he said uh well i think you should learn to stop asking dumb questions and learn your place if you're going to be continue in this church oh <laughs> right you know, and I was like all shook it up, you know, and I I never went back to that church again. Um think but I think the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me, you know. Yeah. Stuff was bad news. And uh, and I was really embarrassed, you know, and all that I mean, I really probably shouldn't have been, but I was still young. Yeah. Um but only God is infallible. Right. And a big thing that's why I said is is how do people take if you challenge them and everyone should be challenged if they're because sometimes we get weird theology. Yeah. Which is why we talk, right? Sometimes you say, I am thinking this thing and what do you think about it? Maybe I'm off base. Who knows? You know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty of the kingdom of heaven. Um, but there is still hope. Oh, absolutely. And we're going to get uh, there, in, but not this week. Verse 17. I know, not this week. <laughs> but say, if you have found yourself as a taker, as a grumbler, as someone who's just, you know, doing all the things so people notice you, um, I've been that at times. There are people that I've led that I've noticed can be that way, right? Because we and you are in a semblance of power as pastors of our church. Yep. And sometimes there are people who flatter and 
most mm-hmm. and do all of that kind of stuff. And it's not necessary. It's just what they know. Right. It's if you just, it's just what you know, how to, what to do, or maybe it's been modeled for you, but it's, do you let the Holy spirit teach you? Do you let him remove those rocks or navigate them at least? Um, yeah. Right. Jesus calms those storms. If you let him. Mm-hmm. And so don't, don't, don't use this as a license to go back to your church and be like, Oh, there's the ones. Right. Well, cause, cause if we first, you know, Jesus talks about remove the plank from your own eye yeah. before you remove the speck of dirt from the other. So everything in moderation, you gotta, you can't just go whole hog on something that you suspect. I, I think we need, again, back to that word discernment again and again and again, right? Pray for discernment, pray the Holy spirit will give you guidance because you might think that someone's very specifically, you have a person in mind is is this kind of person okay pray about it talk to someone knowledgeable about the situation talk um pray again about it go to that person individually because maybe it's a misunderstanding yeah but then if if you you know make determination and you've you there's also someone else that agrees with you um you know there's a way to do it um the Mm -hmm. book of matthew talks about it i can't remember which chapter i think it's seven i could be wrong um but uh but i you know go back to verse 16 these people are grumblers and fault finders they follow their own evil desires they boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage this is not hard to see in our world Mm -hmm. grumblers and fault finders i think social media has exacerbated this to the nth degree oh yes because social media allows you to be a grumbler and fault finder with basically no recourse like it's all online it's you know if you if you want to put blast something on facebook you can shut off the comments right like um but but friends social media isn't reality Uh uh-huh um, it's a it's a curated history of of your life, and when I say curated, I mean like you get to pick and choose what you put there, uh-huh. and it's not a full story of anybody, yourself or anyone else in your friend list, um, and so so be careful about yeah, just be careful and discerning. We uh, none of so it's neither Amanda's nor I's uh, desire that this this be a a license for anybody to go to their church and yeah start throwing rocks okay um, <laughs> what our hope I believe and our prayer is is that this is a helpful tool so that you can start the road of of discerning that you can lean into God lean into the Holy Spirit to be your guide to be your pilot. Um, one of the best things you can do besides prayer is study scripture. Um, a lot of, I know so many Christians who do not value knowledge of the, of the scriptures. And that's just such a heartbreaking, heart wrenching thing for me, because how, how is it that you can follow the Lord (laughs) and not know his word? (laughs) Like, 
Um, he specifically gave us his word on purpose with intentionality so that we have a means by which we can start the process. Uh-huh. Is it is it the end all? No, the Holy Spirit's the end all. Jesus Christ, the, the triune God is the end all, but he gave us yeah. this word on purpose. Yeah, and he's he's dealt with this way back in the book of Jude. And if you're seeing these things now, he he's addressing it. Like this is, what do I do? Well, this is it. This is what you do. Right. And we're going to continue this next week and we're going to finish it up next week. So four weeks of Jude, who knew 25 verses would take us four weeks. It could take a, we could have, we could have even done this in more weeks than that. That's how much is here. Um, But I think it's time for us to conclude this week. Um, Just be, just be encouraged that the challenges of today aren't new. Uh Uh-huh. God has addressed them through history. I mean, Amanda brought up first Samuel, uh, which is a very similar situation to the world in which we live today. And that was several thousand years ago. Um, why? Cause human beings are human beings. We haven't changed a whole lot. Technology has, but the, the evil in our hearts, our propensities toward self-serving things is, is very real and strong today, just as it was hundreds and thousands of years ago. So, I think that that's an encouragement in the sense that God has, has made a way. I agree. Totally. And he's, he's dealt with this stuff already. Yep. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, friends, we will catch you guys next week. And as always, God blesses us. Why? So that we can be a blessing to others. Blessing to others. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye.